0: Hello, welcome to the University of Brighton podcast. I'm Richard Newman. During the coronavirus pandemic, NHS staff are getting the appreciation they truly deserve. The NHS heroes are putting their own health on the line to deal with the crisis. This week, I'm joined by Dr. Nita Muir, academic lead for nursing at the university. So how are you doing, Nita?
1: Oh, hi, Richard. Uh, yeah, we're doing really well. It's uh, Today, as we're speaking, it's a lovely sunny day, and that makes us feel really positive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We're going to talk about how students, alumni, and staff are all contributing to the NHS effort. First of all, can you tell us a bit about your own background?
1: So, I'm a qualified registered nurse. I have clinical experience in the adult field of nursing. I qualified and undertook my initial entry level qualification in Birmingham quite a few years ago now. Uh, And I practiced there in acute surgical units. And then I moved to America and worked. For a while there, as a registered nurse in Atlanta, in Georgia, which was good fun. Uh, subsequently, I've worked in lots of different clinical areas, at different levels of acuity, and then more recently, I went into um, community nursing. And I became became a district nurse and worked as a community um, nursing sister, uh, and then entered into the university setting as an academic over fifteen years ago, which was fantastic. So I've been here at the University of Brighton initially as a lecturer, senior lecturer, and now principal lecturer.
0: So, what was it like um, actually working in uh, the US compared to working here? Oh, it, nice?
1: uh, it was very different culturally. I think we um, anticipate the US to be uh, similar to us in terms of language and um, cultural experiences, but fundamentally, they have a very different healthcare system, and that was quite a challenge to adapt to. So, I worked in an environment. That was a public sector. It's called Medicaid, Medicare sector, mm-hmm. um, and at a time when there was a huge prevalence of HIV and AIDS. And so, yeah, it, it was hugely different. The work patterns were very different, uh, shift patterns were very different, working with others was very different, and culturally, it was it was it was an insight, but a hugely enjoyable experience.
0: So, um, tell us about your your role at the university now. Then, what does that entail?
1: So, I'm the academic lead for nursing. So, um, in the School of Health Sciences. There are various academic leads that are all professionally orientated. So obviously being a registered nurse, I'm uh, overseeing and, underst- uh, and leading all our pre-registration nursing programs. So that's our BSc honours in adult field nursing, our BSc honours in child and our BSE honours in mental health nursing. So within my team, uh, there are three excellent course leaders supporting the work. Um, We have around approximately 700 undergraduate students in our programme, so you can see the breadth of uh, uh, activity. And our courses are delivered across two campuses, but one at Falmer and one at Eastbourne. So our students who qualify both as a registered nurse and exit as graduates are supplementing nursing roles across all of East and West Sussex uh, and further afield as well.
0: Um, Now we've heard about nursing students who have qualified early, lots of that in the news, of course. Logistically, how difficult was that to sort out from your end?
1: Well, we as a nursing profession are um, overseen by our nursing council, Nursing Midwifery Council, that's our professional regulatory body. On March the 25th, they issued brand new standards. We're all working and comply with their education standards. Um, And from March the 25th, we've been working actively at changing curriculum. So we have seven cohorts of students currently that are going through our program and our initial activity has really been focusing on our students who are in their final six months of their course and the aim of that activity is to enable them to be in clinical practice to achieve their remaining elements of the course so that they can then uh, achieve all learning outcomes and practice hours to enable them to complete. Currently we have to ensure that our students also comply with EU directives, of which require a certain amount of hours. So our students achieve 2,300 hours of practice learning and 2,300 hours of academic learning. Plus, they need to be on a, a on a course for a minimum period of time. So now we're just trying to explore with the NMC if if we can ex- how much quickly we can accelerate our students through that program. But meanwhile our students are all out now in clinical practice. Our final six month students are in uh, with our partners across all of our local NHS trusts now learning and developing their final six months to enable them to qualify safely and successfully.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I have family members who work in the NHS who, who mentor student nurses and I know by this point they are, they're usually, you know, pretty much ready to go anyway, aren't they? They're usually at this point being shadowed actually by the staff members and letting them get on with it.
1: Yes, that's right, and, and part of these new NMC emergency standards have been about how we support our students in practice. So you're right; you use the word shadowing. Um, before this point of COVID-19 emergencies, um, our students were undertaking what's called a supernumerary role in practice, where they were supernumerary to the team um, and were learning whilst on, on, on in that work environment. Uh, what's currently happened is the NHS are recognising how useful and helpful um, and how skilled and competent our third year students are, particularly in the last six months, that they're offering them jobs. So they're under employment now uh, for their final six months and receiving a salary as well as learning right. and undertaking quite significant roles in practice. So finally, uh, mm. our students have been fully recognized for the value and worth that they can offer to the NHS.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hugely pressurized situation at the moment, mm. um, but I imagine at this point for them, um, a big honor to, to play a part when they're needed.
1: I am absolutely humbled by the students, to be honest, Richard. Uh, all our students have been invited to participate in practice learning. None of this is mandatory. And so they're having to make really big decisions. Do they want to engage in this practice, particularly if they've got uh, loved ones at home that may be at risk or then themselves are at risk. And the majority of the students are working in these environments and are wishing to do so. And that's our final year students, but also the same invite is going ahead to our remaining students in uh, the early part of the third year and also our second year students as well. And consistently both at University of Brighton, but all across England, there's over 20,000 students offering to work and support the NHS. And that's phenomenal.
0: Mm. It's a huge decision for these students to make. Um, Mm. Obviously now some of them, as you say, they're receiving um, a salary, but you know, they may not have expected to be in this situation. Um, there, there's there's the, the situation of having to balance their personal lives, you know, mm. family commitments they might be living with vulnerable people at a time when they weren't really expecting to have to make these sort of decisions.
1: Um that's right. Uh they're all having to balance and understand what impact it's going to have on them. Um they've got their own personal c- circumstances, their own health as well, and again their own academic learning. They'd signed up to a three-year course and, and, and more particularly the students that have been targeted, these students are in their final year, six months. These are our first students that we've had come through nursing where they were fee paying. Prior to that point, all our students were receiving a bursary. Um and the and they've received no support (laughs) up until this point. So for them then to still step up and and contribute to the NHS and to support the NHS and support the government really is is phenomenal. Um, As I've said, I'm uh, hugely uh, proud of the students for taking on these responsibilities. Um, And they fully understand their uh, competencies and their proficiencies and ability to perform in practice. And are really quite experienced students. And wherever anybody goes across the Southeast, but in Sussex, Surrey and Kent and Hampshire, you will meet a University of Brighton student Mm. or a University of Brighton graduate um, that will have come from our School of Nursing. And they're exceptional, (laughs) all of the students that are doing this.
0: Well, I was going to say, actually, obviously you've been at the university for um, a long time. You yourself and and your colleagues must be really proud of the fact that, you know, thousands of people have come through and are working across these these trusts which are within the facility Mm. of the University of Brighton.
1: Mm. Absolutely. And our students work locally they work in all our local NHS trusts but they're also working in social and healthcare situations as well and leading lots of different practices nursing doesn't just occur in in an acute setting uh, nursing is everywhere um, you know even ranging from the GP practice up into care homes nursing homes uh, health promotion activities so you will always find uh, a nurse I mean our um, vice chancellor is an ex nurse (laughs) So uh, as a career, it's an amazing career for people to become involved in and there are lots of opportunities that it does provide. But yes, we are, all of us are hugely proud of our students and hugely proud of the work that they're doing um, in, in our local areas.
0: I imagine there are academic staff as well working on the front line from the School of Health Sciences, is that correct?
1: It, that's an interesting one, Richard, because of course if if many of the team that I work with in the pre-registration nursing team were out in practice then we can't support our students either. So <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is a real challenge. Mm. We do have, uh, there are colleagues of mine that are out in current practice and these uh, excellent colleagues Usually support our uh, postgraduate programme or nurses that are qualified already because obviously they can't come into university to um, to be taught and to take their courses. So that's relinquished them from those responsibilities and they have gone back into clinical practice. And these are all ex-intensive uh, care nurses and they've all gone back into intensive care okay. um, to support that activity and have been hugely welcomed by our partners as well. Uh, and, and that's been fantastic that that's been enabled to, to happen and to support the, the workforce. And again, I'm, I'm hugely respectful of, of, of those guys being able to do that.
0: Mm. Um, what's the reaction been like from students who are experiencing the front line as it keeps being referred to?
1: Interestingly, we had some uh, conversations this morning with the students around this. And the students have been, I think, firstly have all been hugely welcomed. Um, and and that that is is is, uh, is hugely rewarding for them to feel part of a team and and to feel valued within those work roles. Um, and our students are being supported. Their uh, learning has been valued in that practice, and and they're using the skills that they currently have in a way that can enable them to cope. So there's great camaraderie out there. You know, I think there's something around. As a nurse you, when you qualify as a nurse you become part of a family, um, there's a sense of belonging into a profession and, and that continues in all areas throughout your career um, and that is, is is wonderful and our students are experiencing that now as they're becoming into being that full registrant um, and, and having that level of co- uh, collegiality and support from each other really develops their resilience and a bit, uh, enables them to cope in these the situations but they're really enjoying it i think they're enjoying the opportunity to step up and mm. uh, and contribute in this way
0: what's the it'd be remiss of me not to ask the question of what's the concern level like from them
1: i think before they get into clinical practice everyone's anxious you know they're thinking they're making really big decisions uh over they are making very big decisions but uh so yeah all our students are anxious i wouldn't say that was necessary Particular to nursing. Mm. Um, Our students are anxious about the courses, about the huge changes that are happening. I mean, to be clear, we're having to rewrite the curriculum for all our students. And that causes anxiety in itself, not just the students, but staff too. Mm. Uh, And working quite uh, uh, rapidly uh, with these changes. So yes, our students are anxious, but we are supporting them. Um, Our students have gone into clinical practice. We're having regular meetings with them. We've all got a very strong personal tutoring policy to support students. Um, whilst they're in practice as you said uh, they will be supported from uh, registrants as well so people are anxious about the unknown and I think that's the same as en- everywhere and everybody but people have great levels of resilience and, and part of our course we spend a long time working with our students and developing their resilient skills and also about how to to gain what they can from placement learning you know, to develop and use their own skills to enable them to Manage and succeed because our students are very transient through placements throughout the course um, and and they become quite skilled students by the end of it. So they, they do have the skills and ability to cope with these situations.
0: Mm. That fits very well actually into your area of research, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does. Uh, thank you, it does. Yeah, I, I did some work around, um, <laughs> I did some work around uh, looking at social cultural practices um, and how uh, people can engage. Different practices to learn in work in work environments. So particularly, I was interested in uh, concepts of uh, reciprocity in learning and how students uh, and others and anybody in a work environment can learn and develop their skills. And uh, from my research, it identified and this was research done across Europe, um, identified how uh, we can develop our social interactions and social. Um, connections with each other and once we've developed these social connections and we can learn better and we can learn in a much more collegiate and sustainable way and, and our students know this and, and this is an opportunity for our students to exercise those skills and, and really it's about developing trust between the supervisor the mentor the team that the student is in to enable them to be part of that team be part of a collective be part of a collegiate relationship because once, once our students are coming in, they're coming in with a lot of knowledge and familiarity of systems and structures, and they can engage that really well in a way that will enable them to embed themselves within the team. And then once they're in the team, then there's a kinship, a togetherness, and that really enables a connection that enables them to be more resilient and to cope with the situations um, and, and, and to embed themselves much more in the nursing profession. And so we've been teaching our students around this constantly. And, and the research that I've done illustrates how we can apply that in different situations and different settings. Uh, and I think that's the value of coming into nursing. As I said, it's, it's, it's a big family. You know, it's, it's the year of the nurse, the year of the yeah. nurse, the midwife. Um, 2020 and it, this show is an opportunity for us as a nursing profession to start to celebrate nursing and what we offer and uh, and enable us to have a global perspective on promoting the role of the nurse. This perhaps wasn't the way that we anticipated mm-hmm. it to turn out, though.
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, aptly timed. I mean, never, I think, have nurses and uh, midwives been more appreciated than uh, at this point. So, as you say, yeah, it's the um, the World Health Organization initiative. Mm-hmm. It's Florence mm-hmm. Nightingale's bicentennial year. So, um, I mean. I mean the campaign looks a lot different now, probably than how it was meant to look when it was being planned. But uh, a huge appreciation for the for the nurses and midwives.
1: Well, absolutely. I think it's really um, pushed our profession forward. It's enabled us to have a really global stage. I mean, it's been wonderful to sit as a nurse to see uh, to see on the TV the lead political role of nurses that we're having. Um, to see that Ruth May, the chief nurse, uh, right. uh, taking questions alongside politicians and Donna Kinnear. Um, who's the head of the RCN sitting in Question Time? It's great to see nurses leading and and, and uh, taking political perspectives in this time to promote their profession and and to enable us to to ensure that our voice is heard. Because often it's when, when you hear the narrative of nurses, it's usually doctors and nurses, and um, or nurses are seen as a secondary uh, profession. And and really, it's nurses are skilled, skilled, uh, intelligent graduates. That are contributing to um, to caring and nursing is a compassionate uh, profession. It enables us to support people in, in times of vulnerability and in times of need. And nursing uh, is a political um, uh, profession as well. And I, and I think we need to be promoting that perspective and enable nurses to have more of a voice in these situations. You know, as a profession we're really highly skilled practitioners. We've undertaken at least a minimum of a degree. It's taken three years to become a nurse and, and for many it's it's a real it's it's a, a real achievement to have got those um uh, that degree Mm. and then to be able to exercise that in an environment that they're valued is just so wonderful at a point when they're really needed and i just hope that that still continues as we move forward uh the contribution nursing makes to society is really undervalued and i think for once we're recognizing that and that that's fantastic
0: well the virus is obviously so hard for everyone to deal with um but we it is sort of bringing out some of the best of humanity too you know we've got the weekly appreciation of Mm. the NHS which Mm. um many would say I imagine especially if you're in the NHS it's well overdue um Mm. do you think that actually this situation may lead to an increase of people wanting to train to become a healthcare professional
1: uh we're actually seeing it Richard
0: (laughs) I I thought you would be (laughs) yeah we are
1: so applications are buoyant um, uh, to come into nursing, uh, right. particularly at the University of Brighton, you know, where we can offer a great programme too. People are very interested, they want to be contributing to the NHS. And these are also people that are currently working in the NH, that in the NHS, but also wish to be at a senior level, of a, a registered practitioner. So applications come from everywhere. So mm. I, I genuinely agree. I think we will have a good interest of, um, uh, of future nurses coming through the system, which would be fantastic.
0: Mm. Um, Without getting too political about it, even though we have said, of course, nursing can be a a political profession. um, Mm -hmm. Do you think all of this will um, ensure that future governments invest well in the NHS?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I would hope so. And I think the, the NHS, is it, it's changed such a lot since it was instigated many years ago. Uh, it, that was at a time when there was nothing. And now we're working uh, with very high expectations from the public um, in trying to provide and manage um, healthcare that really is very different to how it used to be. So there's a huge demand on the NHS and it is finite. Um, you know, the level of funding though has dropped in proportion to different countries uh, of the level of GDP. Uh, and what we can see is that our NHS system is is uh, um, stretched and, and challenged, um, and I think that's well known across the sector. Um, so I, I would hope that there would be more focus on improving the NHS, um, even if that's really really around streamlining systems a lot more, enable a lot more reactive service um, uh, to enable us to, to respond to these situations. Although saying that, you know, it's been, there has been an amazing response to the situation. I mean, the Nightingale hospital was created within weeks um, and that was a huge, big response, but that has been through support from the military uh, and other organisations.
0: It does show that if the money's put in and there's a willingness to do something, then it can be done.
1: I think a combination of both willingness and, and also, uh, you know, the, the sheer motivation from, from the public as well, you know, We can't underestimate the influence the general public are having on nurses. Um, It is hugely appreciated, people are very emotional, the nurses are very emotional around um, the fact that we're being recognised and and appreciated in such a manner Um, and and, and it's something that that feels quite new to us Um, but most of my colleagues and myself really are just completely bowled over with the generosity from the general public in just trying to recognise some of the work that's been happening.
0: Well, long may that continue. Um, obviously, you said that applications are buoyant at the moment. It's a very practical training course. What are the mm. typical routes into nursing?
1: They're variable. Uh, they they vary, Richard. Um, so at the moment, the, uh, uh, applications are coming from lots of different areas. I uh, We receive applications from students directly um, if they've finished college, so 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds have directly done A levels or an access course and they're entering at a young age into coming into into nursing. But increasingly the majority of our student applications are from students over 24 um, and these students perhaps have done other roles before they've come into nursing or started a family and then decided to come into nursing or just really at a point in their lives where they wish to contribute differently um, to society. So a real range of people that come through. Uh, Some people take a long time to decide that that's particularly what they want and that's fine. And others are very keen to to come into nursing from a very young age. So uh, yeah, a real range, the different routes that they can apply to. Well, we obviously run the BSc nursing courses here at the University of Brighton, but we also offer another route of nursing. It's called nursing associate route. And this is a brand new role that was established a couple of years ago, um, and is, is we uh, support it here through an apprenticeship, uh, and that's a two-year role uh, course, and it, students enter exit with a foundation degree and a qualification known as a nursing associate. And then the second level entry into nursing is. Because Becoming a registered nurse, which is always usually attached to a BSc nursing course. Once you've become a nurse, there's lots of opportunities to undertake further education and further development up to masters and PhD level as well. So, lots. Of, once you've decided to become a nurse, the career opportunities are really quite vast.
0: I mean, the usual demographic, as you were saying, it can often mm. be it's not the typical undergraduate student, is it? Usually, um, maybe slightly older. They thought people that have a lot more have a lot more time to think about. Um, what profession they'd like to go into.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've had applications from, I mean, I've taught students that used to be um, opera singers. Uh, we've had doctoral students come through, chemists, physicists, um, architects, obviously lots of people coming with nursing and care backgrounds as well. Uh, HR, banking, you know, from all walks of life really. And, and bringing, the, bringing in those life skills really is hugely helpful. Uh, coming into nursing uh, with some experience Really really frames their ability to achieve in, in the course as well. And you know, we've had students over 60 it, it, There's no age range to it. There's no limit. It, it, it really is uh, open uh, to everyone if, if they meet the requirements um, That they can demonstrate the capacity to become a nurse essentially and have all the academic requirements to enter
0: mm-hmm. uh, Overall if I was to ask you why someone should train to become a nurse, what would be your answer?
1: Well we don't train nurses we educate nurses um, and we are wanting people to come in and contribute um, to a fantastic profession. Uh, nursing enables you to make a difference I think would be the best in, in, in a summary to be able to make a difference in somebody's life at a time of vulnerability. Uh, when we talk about nursing and caring we're talking about all through life, really, whether it's um, as a young baby, all the way through to to their to their dying moments, and that really is the longevity of a life pro, um, lifespan. I think is the most attractive element when you decide to become into nursing. So personally, for me, I've thoroughly enjoyed working in lots of different environments and enjoyed the challenge of nursing and, and and developing the relationships with people. For me, it's all about the people and the patient and working with the patient, um, and, and, and feeling that you're what you're doing at a daily basis is really making that difference to that individual community or even a, a higher political level to wider people as well and and knowing I can achieve that every day um it has been really my motivation throughout my career
0: Great stuff. We'll put uh, the links to the course pages in this podcast description. Um, We end every podcast with some questions completely away from what we've been talking about. They're Mm -hmm. the same in every episode. So the first one is, what advice would you give to your younger self?
1: I think um, to my younger self, I would probably tell myself to be a bit more patient and uh, to take opportunities when they arise. I think sometimes I've uh, been probably hesitant to take up opportunities and really, yeah, I think to think, th- think them through and, um, yeah, and take a few risks here and there.
0: If you could pick any other subject to study at the University uh, of Brighton, yeah. what might uh, it be?
1: I think that through nursing and through my career of nursing, I've become much more interested in global health and trying to understand the quite uh, topical at the moment. But I would be very interested in doing global, I'll look this up, Richard, globalization, <laughs> history, politics, and structure in the School mm-hmm. of Humanities.
0: <laughs> look forward to your application. <laughs> um, can you pick a favorite place in Sussex?
1: Okay, well, I live in mid-Sussex, so I would say mid-Sussex is probably the best place to be. Everything's within an hour away, um, even into London, in and out, really easy. So I particularly enjoy the South Downs Way, and um, I'm quite i'm from the north of england originally so i'm very used to uh doing lots of walks and yomping around so i that's what i we enjoy doing so it, mm. it would be down to seven sisters or um up along the south downs way and so that's what i would recommend
0: nice and if you could give visitors to brighton well, eastbourne and the area a tip of what to do or experience if they were down here let's pretend all the uh, restrictions are off what would yeah. that be
1: well, as you say, I mean, Eastbourne is a big is a big campus as well for the School of Health Sciences. So uh, and that's a lovely place to be. And I think sometimes people just focus on Brighton, but actually Brighton is such a small part of Sussex. Um, and, and whilst Brighton offers it offers its own unique experience in many, many ways, but so do the other areas that um, that can offer to And Eastbourne is just as uh, is beautiful, really. Um, and, and there's lots of interesting areas to go there. But I think specifically for Brighton, it would have to be the pavilions. I think that's the most quirkiest place I've ever been to.
0: (laughs) Tell us something interesting about you that uh, a lot of people may not know.
1: Okay, I ran my first half marathon last year and I did it with my dog.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? Where was that?
1: It was on the South Downs Way Mm -hmm. and it was with a small group of people. Uh, It was a small company uh, called Idyllic Running, I think it was called. And it was a Canicross event. So basically you run with your dog and your dog's attached to you. Um, and She helps you along the hills, basically. She helps me up the hills and right. she loves it and I love it. And it's a great opportunity to be outside, walking the dog, uh, running with the dog and chatting. So it suits me.
0: Nice. And finally, if you could pick three people to host at a dinner party, who would they be and why?
1: Well, Richard, you're speaking to me in week four, week five of lockdown. So I would have to say it would be my family <laughs> um, because we've just come out through Easter of uh, which we would normally see family um, my mum that my dad my parents and all my extended family of course I'm here with my immediate family um, and so I would have to say it would have to be the people we didn't see at Easter because I am missing them.
0: Anita it's been great to talk about our nurses working on the front line and the opportunities to uh, educate at the University of Brighton as well thank you so much for your time
1: it's been a pleasure i've really enjoyed it richard I great uh,
0: enjoyed the sunshine <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes i am outside in my garden right now which you can't see on this audio where you've given it away and um, that's about it for this week's podcast uh, you can of course subscribe by all the usual podcast apps including apple Podcasts and spotify for now take care thanks for listening and we'll be back next week